Welcome to the Manor. Welcome to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And welcome to part three of three of the Mead series. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Although, that doesn't mean we won't do more, but we had three planned out for now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've talked about a bit of the folklore and the history and types and meads and how we like to drink it. And um, yeah. <laughs> so I thought since I've made some that it also maybe be nice just to kind of briefly talk about a few of the different styles which will be kind of quick because we've already discussed it and a, a brief recipe the, the way to make it okay um, yeah moving yeah all right we we no it's a we guys yeah let's not go there <laughs> <laughs> so uh but we've already talked about some of the styles. We talked about melomel, which is the fruit, the berries, the ovaries. Uh, <laughs> um, and pie made from mead with grapes, sizer made with apples. Yes. <laughs> every, every time I hear it, it was pie Piment. I think pimento. <laughs> hmm. I, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it right. What listeners have to understand is that Jody and I, and I, we have other friends like this too, and probably a lot of you are like this if you're listening to us, started to read at a younger age than people would talk about things. So we would read words, uh-huh. have no idea how to pronounce them because we'd never ever heard anybody actually use that word ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you're in the middle of a story in a cool book, you know, whether reading Ray Bradbury or whatnot, you see the, the calliope and you don't want to go get a dictionary because you're interested in the damn story. You don't want to read yeah. the flow and you're reading. It's like, oh, the Calliope. Cool. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah. So, I'm assuming it's piment from the way it's spelled. Could be piment. No clue. But I get where you see pimento. Yes. I don't like pimento. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you keep your damn pimento cheese. I don't want it. <laughs> Better than head cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we got size yeah. made with apples and more made yeah. with mulberries. Moving on. <laughs> um, so I, I have made a melomel and we talked about that that was the black and blueberry which mm-hmm. had a very whiny taste and actually i tried it so when you make a mead maybe i should start here you don't drink it right away and we've talked about that the scots right say aging meat is better and then that's very much the truth uh, i think i mentioned the first meat i had some of it made it four years and it just got better over time now that melomel i made I, I took it to a homebrew meeting, like at the six month mark, which is sort of the minimum. And it was horrible. I mean, some of the guys liked it. I thought it sucked. <laughs> um, then I actually, it, I thought it was so bad. I drank it really slow. I didn't have any for a while, but after about two or three years, it actually mellowed and was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you also have methaglins, which are mm-hmm. meads with spices in it. And, I have made a Halloween, which Jody and I talked about last time because he has one. Yeah. And that is my Halloween mead. Uh, so if you don't, and I don't use a lot of pumpkin spice. It's easy to overspice something with, with the allspice with pumpkin spice. Yes. Um, so you don't use a lot, but it's in there because, you know, I made it at Halloween pumpkin spice time. Yeah. yeah. I was getting my, let's get my basic white girl down. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, you heard uh, 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 Starbucks has started early with that. Have they? Oh, yeah, they're supposedly, I, I don't know if they've quite started yet, but they're supposed to be starting before before they normally do with their pumpkin spice lattes. Hmm. 
I'm torn on that. If it makes some money and people want it, well, go for it. Yeah. But I, I'm also against, I, I like holidays because they're, they're holidays and they're seasonal and it makes something about that season special. Yeah. E- even though I like my house being creepy, I want to do something Halloween-y at Halloween that at least maybe just ups the creep factor, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, Halloween starts at September 1st, not July. Yeah. I, yeah. I know some people would say October 1st, but they're wrong. <laughs> and Christmas does not start I was going to say, ex- yeah, Christmas was going to be the example I was going to give. Everybody starts, oh, it's July. We should start thinking about Christmas. I'm like, screw you. We still got Halloween and Thanksgiving to get through. Yeah. Yes, which I don't mind the Christmas season season starting November, early November no, like after I, Halloween. Yeah, but yeah. but you have to make room for Thanksgiving when it gets there. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sorry, Thanksgiving is not the day when you can start your Christmas sales. It's supposed to be about family, but <laughs> now we're on a tangent. <laughs> I I agree with that too. Although again, you know, if you're willing to, I worked a lot of holidays depending on the job I had, so. Yeah. yeah, I have to. But yes, I, I, I appreciate the stores that don't open for Black Friday or on Thanksgiving. And actually, yeah. I do my best to shop there at other times of the year when I can. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. Huh, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the hollow mead is, is a, a, a mead and I use a little bit of pumpkin spice, but I also put a little pumpkin in there. It gives a little thickness. And eventually people are going to figure out that uh, where we're a bit odd with some of our spiritual ideas. So <laughs> I might as well do this now. Yeah, so, haven't already. <laughs> so to, yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the wearing of the costume and the treating of the tricking and the watching of the great pumpkin and the tasting of the candy, there comes the making of the mead. And, and when I say this, people go to sleep before I do on Halloween because I will squeeze every damn second out of Halloween I can. <laughs> I do not go to sleep before midnight. In fact, maybe that would be a good episode. I will give my rituals of every year. <laughs> but uh, not every, I don't make this meat every year. Uh, as long as I still have enough, I don't worry about it. But when I get yeah. low, I'll make it. So I've only made it two, three times now. So I, I actually make the mead, but then I wait until midnight-ish. And I'll actually go out and um, do a little... I don't know. It's not like I do a, an official special ritual, but I mm-hmm. do go out and I talk to the ancestors and I talk to the ghosts and I talk to the wee goblins and ghasties and ghouls and maybe give a nod to the Morgan, give a nod to Urien, the, the Celtic God of heavy metal and Halloween. Um, well, the God of dark bards and Samhain. So, you know, okay. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I do a little ritual for it and then get it all fermenting after that. Cool. And I guess I should say the hallow mead. And when I talk about the uh, Yule mead soon and the very first beer, I, uh, first beer, first mead I made, they were sack meads. And I mentioned that before too. Those are the yeah. lot of honey. So it's sweet and high in alcohol. Yeah. And since I just flubbed up saying ale instead of mead, um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm not reading off anything. If I think I mentioned this too. If you've made a beer, mead is so much easier and you'll yeah. see why soon. You have mentioned that. Well, yeah, well I mentioned it again. Uh-huh. I like yes. the apples. <laughs> well, it's good to remind everyone because you, you just reminded me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and again, who knows? Even if we're recording these fairly close together, doesn't mean they're going to come right next to each other. <laughs> That's true. 
uh, so uh, uh, my Yuletide cheer mead, because I just mentioned it, I, I've also made a mead at Yule time, Christmas time. Um, and, and again, because it's a cold, dark part of the year, I'll make a really hard, thick, sweet sack mead, uh, except my, my, uh, my spices are different. So again, this is a methyl blend because it's a spiced mead, uh, but I throw in some cinnamon stick, orange peel, and vanilla bean. So cinnamon mm. for a bit of spice, but I like that orange and vanilla for uh, a zinginess. Sounds like a good combo. Uh, it's good. I like it quite a bit. The, the other holiday spices I like in some beers, I, I've not tried in the meat. I don't know if I want to. Ginger and cloves are typical. Uh, hmm. uh, you can really overdo ginger and cloves and yeah. things. So I, I don't want to take that chance. And if you do it right, I like it. But but typically, it's not my favorite. And then there's uh, licorice or, or anise. Um, okay, yeah. And, and you can really overdo that black licorice flavor. So I, yeah, I didn't bother yes. with it, too. Most people don't. Well, I shouldn't say most people. I, don't, I know a lot of people don't like that flavor. So it, it is not popular. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I think I've kind of gotten indifferent to it. <laughs> I can handle it now as a candy. I, I yeah. don't mind having actual black licorice. But I, yeah, I, I but when you're a little kid, man, that's nasty. Oh, yeah, it's nasty as a candy. Yeah, that stuff will kill you. Or well, maybe not. Literally, <laughs> we, but, you know. Could have only hoped. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, wait. <laughs> so anyway, moving on a bit. <laughs> uh, Braggot is we we've talked about is a mead and kind of a mead ale mix because it's honey, but it's also got the barley. Yes. Yeah. And and that's one of my favorite homemade meads is is the Reavers mead, and we've talked about that as a, a Scotch ale grains mm-hmm. with with the mead, and oh, I love that one. Yeah, I should have got them again. Yes, you should. <laughs> just want me to give you some <laughs> that's right i do <laughs> okay <laughs> you'll probably get some if i make it again <laughs> yeah well, uh, i kind of figured <laughs> beer's made for sharing and i suppose mead too <laughs> so so one of the other meads I, i've made that i loved researching uh-huh maybe one of the worst i've ever made as far as taste <laughs> <laughs> it's a helium heather mugwort tea. So, you know, you got heather, you got mugwort. There, there are certain spices and herbs and everything that are supposed to be good for different things. And yeah. heather and mugwort are two of those combined. Kind of nasty. Huh. I've, I've had a heather mead before and I love heather ale. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had the heather ale. Yeah, so it's, it's good. So I've made a, a clone of that too. That was really good, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? And and I think we talked about heather mead and heather ales being found in Scotland as far as 4,000 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't have to go into that again, but um, it's been around a while. So I thought that would be good. Uh, Frauk, uh, Scots Gaelic for heather. It, it's used for a lot of things. It, it helps arthritis and gout. It's beneficiary for the kidneys. Uh, it's mild sedative, so it's useful for a sleep aid. Hmm. It's an antiseptic. And honey itself, actually, just plain honey anything else has similar attributes uh yeah as far as that goes it's it's you, it's hard to have a bad batch of honey because of its properties but anyway the heather also strengthens the liver uh helps with menstrual discomfort and menopause so you know that'd be helpful for thompson <laughs> that was that was mean you know that was mean because women are awesome yes you never yes, compare them are. to thompson no you shouldn't because <laughs> that is mean to women yes it is um so heather uh the, the the herb the the plant not there the the plant heather in the olden days uh, th- there was a white powdery moss that grew on it too which the Scots called fog and it was mm. a, a known hallucinogenic 
which yeah. which may also go a long way into knowing why they used heather for some of their ales and meats. Yeah. Some theory, I mean, sometimes they just think it was a nice intoxicant after a hard day of, you know, sheep raiding. Yeah. That, it'd be nice. But some people think maybe the Druids actually used to commune with the gods. I can, I can see that. And I can too, but it's just Wait. a theory because the Druids wrote nothing down. True. Wait, sheep raiding? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sheep raiding. That's what the Scots did. That was half their life, right? They raided each other's cattle, cows, and their sheep. <laughs> Okay, I hadn't heard the the sheep part. <laughs> so we know that Fogg's mentioned in conjunction with Heather Gathering, and we know this from writings from the 16th and 17th's, hundreds's. Sorry, I have uh, another beer here. <laughs> so here we go. When a web of Tom's Mary Ben and Kelly sported on the Fogg's Sagreen. Wow. The was for days before it gathered Heather, and in some cases a lot of fog to make a big smoke. A strong, thick white moss, vulgarly called fog. Okay, that's good. (laughs) We do know that fog is is narcotic with mild hallucinogenic properties because uh, we we talked about that. Uh, Williams Brothers Heather Ale is is the biggest commercial one. Bruce Williams had it tested by a botanist, and that's how they found this out, even though it had been mentioned before. But, But we can't say that Williams Brothers knows this, so they don't brew it with the fog. It's completely safe. It's just a very nice Heather Ale. It is. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Heather's got folklore, too. They talk about fertility rights and stuff with Heather, but that, that would actually make a very good <laughs> episode all on its own. <laughs> um, and, and the mugwort, or mugwort, it's been used a lot in brewing, too. It, it's in addition to table beer. Table beer is a small or low-alcoholic beer, I think, I think we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, made British cottages in the countryside, and they would add mugwort. Uh, it's a bitter plant, so depending on your taste, uh, not bitter, like hop is bitter, but I mean like an astringent type of bitter. So mm. you probably don't want to add a lot to it. Yeah. But but it, it does give a little flavor to, to beers when they weren't very flavorful. Like Budweiser. It, you know, <laughs> mugwort and its relative wormwood, wormwood would, would do nothing but help Budweiser. <laughs> but you know what else would help Budweiser? Uh, what? Pouring it down the sink and going to get a freaking <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if that helped Budweiser, but it would help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to be honest, I I don't like Budweiser much. I prefer hearty, thicker, darker, stronger beers. Yeah. But you know, if you like Bud, if you like Miller, Coors, Corona, more power to you. I, hey, I actually, yeah. I I, I kind of like PBR. I like Miller High Life fairly well. Yeah, that's, I haven't. I don't think I've tried High Life, but yeah, you know, it's, we're we're making fun of it. But if 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 you like it, you can ignore us making fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we make fun of everything. Yes. Oh, especially uh, each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know we like something or don't or. <laughs> yeah. Wait. What? So, well, as a tangent, since we kind of went off Miller High Life, I have found uh-huh. makes the best beer bread. Or huh. at least out of the half dozen beers I've tried. So the, there's the beer bread recipe where it's simply uh, sugar, flour, self-rising, or uh, yeah, no, no, it's not even, it's uh, sugar, self-rising flour, mm-hmm. and beer, because the beer and the self-rising yeah. interact, and that's what makes it rise. And I've tried Budweiser, Miller, Guinness, Blue Moon, Miller High Life, because I just happened to have it around. I, I forget why, but I tried it. And I'm sure I've tried a couple others. Miller High Life was the best. Not sure why. Huh. 
Guinness in the beer bread, by the way, kind of sucks. It's a little overpowering. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I bet it would be. But, but that's okay because Guinness is for drinking. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's thick enough you can just about chew it anyway. <laughs> See? <laughs> so, so why bother making bread with it? <laughs> yeah. Now, kicks ass and brownies and cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the mugwort, um, again, related to wormwood. And actually, what I found was that it's the same plant. Um, mm-hmm. But I did find some some botanists talking about how they're different and they're just in the same family genus. So I, I don't know. Uh, but that gives you an idea of its bitterness. But it, it too, is an antibacterial and an antifungal like heather and honey. Uh, it's used to relieve fatigue, uh, eases labor pains. It's also a known abortificent. So yeah. um, if, if you're pregnant, don't want anything with this in it. Again, this is this is yeah. sort of more of a old wives folklore type of medicinal herb type of things. None of this is based off of real sciencey medical stuff. So do not listen to this and go, well, I'm going to try that to sleep tonight. Uh, go talk to your doctor first. Yeah. We, we are not medical doctors. We're not uh, any kind of doctors. They call me doc. Uh, no, I'm done. No, stop now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go there, Gene. <laughs> it's, it's also, I'm, yeah, I'm going to move on before I go way off. <laughs> uh, it's a sleep aid also. So it helps. It's a mild sedative like Heather. So you can, it eases nerves and depression. And uh, also it can rid the body of intestinal worms. Really? So, you know, that's, that's sexy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some more of that. <laughs> you know, if you had intestinal worms, you would want some of that. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of neat folklore about mugwort too, which I, I won't worry about going into. Um, Cause that again, would be a neat episode that would take too long here um, with all the different things. Uh, but there's a really neat bit that I do want to say um, because uh-huh. we've talked about Odin Yes. And the episodes about meat and everything. Uh, so my favorite bit of folklore regarding mugwort is that it was given to us by the god Woden. So, of course, Woden being the Anglo-Saxon. Odin. Odin, or yeah. Woden from Germany. Uh, so its name's given as Mugwort. I have no idea how to pronounce M-U-C-G-W-R-T <laughs> in Old English. So I'm going to go with Mugwort. That's close. Yeah, good. Uh, but it's given in the Anglo-Saxon nine herbs charm and is the oldest of herbs. Huh. And talks about, uh, remember mugwort, what it revealed. When are you were called oldest of herbs? Uh, you may avail against three and against 30. You may avail against poison and against contagion. You may avail against the loathsome one who travels through the land. And I like that loathsome one bit because I want to point out this is pagan times. It is not the devil. It's the plague. So uh-huh. mugwort helps protect you against the plague. Which plague? The plague. The, the plague? The plague. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know which plague was going around at the time. It's just <laughs> it's the plague. It, I'm sure it goes with any plague. I mean, you know, it's against disease. <laughs> you're going to freaking ask that. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to know. Are you ready for it? Yes. Context. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait. I have to drink. Even though it's just water. It's... <laughs> Me, me too, but I'll let you get the pint away from your face. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to give a brief idea of how to, how to make a mead, but I will say the best thing to do is go buy the book, The Complete Mead Maker by Ken Schramm. Excellent book. Lots of recipes, a lot of history, tells you what to do, tells you the ingredients and the uh, 
materials you need, the equipment, and everything. So it's fantastic. Um, also, Brewing Mead, Wasail, at Mazers of Mead, The Intriguing History of the Beverage of Kings, and Easy Step-by-Step -step Instructions to Brewing It at Home by Robert Gare and Charlie Papazon. Hmm. Um, it's actually an older book by Robert Gare first, and then Charlie Papazon's one of the, the fathers of the craft beer movement, uh, helped uh, kind of finish it up for modern um, publishing. Okay. But, but those are both great books to read. Uh, so again, what I tell you is just a night, just kind of gives you an idea of how easy it is. Definitely go get one of those books. Cool. But, but it's easy. All you need to make mead is water, honey, and yeast. Basically, that's it. That's all you got to go for. So that is, that is a lot easier than what I've read up on doing beer. So, and, <laughs> and you've done both. So I know, you know, firsthand. Uh, well, yeah, beer, you got to soak the grains and it, it, yeah, it's a lot more involved. And of course, mead, you know, you got other things, the spices and whatnot, but I, the, the basic thing is you have some water and you put the honey in and mm -hmm. you, you can sort of flash fry the honey, which you just warm up the water get it to, to about boiling, put the honey in and the heat would kill anything bad in there, but you don't have to. Um, honey itself is typically clean. And yeah. during the fermentation process, that also kills a lot. Some people do it just to make sure everything's nice and sanitized, but you don't have to. A buddy of mine, Mike Witten, who, who actually got me into making mead, just uses the cold method. And, and I've now done it a couple of times too, and it works just fine. But it's, it's very easy. You just get the mead, make sure you stir it in. The hot water makes it easier to get the honey to and water to, yeah. to merge, to, to, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> <laughs> to melt together. That's not it either, but yeah. you get the idea. Uh, but it, you just have to do a little more work if it's cold. It's not that bad. And then you throw in yeast. You've got options for yeast. I like the, uh, sweet meast, oh, sweet meast, sweet <laughs> yeast. Jeez. Um, because I remember I make sack meads a lot, which is high alcohol and sweet. So I use the sweet mead yeast, but they have dry mead yeasts. If you like a lower alcohol, drier mead, you, you can use a normal, you can use a wine yeast. Um, and one <laughs> of my beers, I used an ale yeast, a Burton, uh, a Burton ale yeast, because it gives slightly pear, yeast give different flavor profiles too. It's not just the honey, whether it's clover yeah. or heather or, or uh, a buckwheat honey, um, which is really thick and dark and I don't think would make a good mead. Uh, but anyway, um, but the yeast profile though, the Burton has a pear sort of a pear and honey and apple flavor to it. So I thought I'd try that and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so you just, you, you find a yeast that you think will have a good flavor profile with what you're doing and, and that's yeah. it. Cool. And then add, if you want to add some spices in there. Uh, and that's where of course having it a little warm is nice because the spices will dissolve better. Yeah, dissolve. Yeah. Where the honey dissolves into the water. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, I was thinking like, you know, fusion. <laughs> No, just dissolve. Could not think of the word dissolve. Are you sure you've had enough to drink? <laughs> Too much or not enough. Don't know which. But yeah, so, uh, or you can add in a, at the time, like a little bit of your pumpkin, if that's what you're doing. If you are adding grains for Braggot, you will have to heat it up because you do need the grains. Although what I did was I did the grain part first, like I was making uh -huh. a beer. Yeah. And that way... As the water was cooling down, the wort was cooling. I added the honey to make it a braggot, so it wasn't as hot for the honey. Okay. Don't add the yeast until it's cooled down. <laughs> um, if you're making a mellow mel and you're putting in the fruit, you can actually just put that in like a, a muslin bag, a grain bag. Yeah. Um, pantyhose, if you are at a loss for anything else, it works just fine. You just put the fruit in there and then let it soak in the mead for as long, you know, the longer, the bigger the flavor. Yeah. Um, and that's it. 
Cool. So, I mean, there are other things you can you know, put it in your primary fermentation unit, your carboy, and then you can rack it over to a secondary. Uh, that way it kind of gets rid of some of the gunk. And then when you do the secondary and you go to bottle it, that way it keeps some of the, the junk out. The, the junk in there, <laughs> not harmful. May not be, that may kind of be clunky on your tongue and I don't know how good it'll taste. And here's the thing. If you have a bottle conditioned ale or bottle conditioned mead, or if you get a lot of that stuff in there, the yeasty sedimentary stuff, it will clean you out. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, this hello mead I have, um, should I drink it on a Saturday so I've got all day Sunday to deal with that? Or <laughs> Actually, I, I tend to rack so much, uh, the moving over from, secondary, from primary to secondary, and then I rack it again into a bottling thing. Uh-huh. Uh, most of these aren't so bad. Okay. So it should be pretty good. You should be fine with these. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I do occasionally add honey during the bottling process, which will make it fizzy. Uh, it makes it a bubbling mead an effervescent mead. Okay. So you can do that. And I have done that to some of these. I think I do that to the hollow mead because then it's more bubbly, like a witch's brew. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So it, it may give you a little goosh. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not going to be brown trouser time. Okay, good, because that just ain't going to work. <laughs> anyway, on that note, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, no, no. I think uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I've I, I I added my stuff in the previous episode we did on mead. No, oh, I'm I'm glad you added all the stuff you did. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just me talking. No, no. Yes. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> wait, wait. What? <laughs> well, then, yeah. I, I guess we will let everybody go if they haven't already tuned <laughs> I'm sure somebody was still listening. Thanks, it man. Been, it may have been one of us. <laughs> I just like the way my voice sounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I'm James. And I'm Jody. (laughs) We'll see you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Jody, don't be a hero. Okay, I won't. Don't be a fool with your life. Okay. (laughs) You talked me out of it. Okay. Damn it, where's my damn Oreos at? Look, could have said something else. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't don't you just be happy I said cheap rating and let's move on. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) My cat's looking at me like, what are you laughing about, fool?